Welcome to Life in Context, a conversational podcast where we explore life and relationships in the context of Christian faith, relationship with Jesus, biblical truth, and emotionally healthy practices. I'm your host, Esther. And I'm your host, Jill. We come from different backgrounds and life experiences and bring our different professional and personal skills and training to our conversations. We agree on many things. And we differ on other things. That's part of what we enjoy about our conversations. We love to encourage and challenge each other and our listeners to consider new approaches, new ideas, and ways to think about life within the context of our faith. It's always our hope in these podcasts to bring real life strategies, positive ideas, and faith-building practices that can be applied to these sometimes challenging topics that we all face in life. So let's get into today's topic. Jill. Yes. How much do you trust me? <laughs> Pretty much. Awesome. I'm pretty good amount. Because today we're going to talk about trust <laughs> and not just trust, but trust in relationships, yes. relationships with people. And I think that's really an important topic for a lot of people. You know, I, in our society, in our culture, in our generation, a lot of people would tell you that they have trust issues. Oh, yes. So I think we might even want to start with just what is trust? What does it mean to trust somebody? Well, I was thinking about it and I wrote out a little acronym of, and was thinking about aspects of trusting people in relationships that I'm in. So T-R-U-S-T. So trust is uh, truthful. Being in a relationship with someone while you're building trust and establishing trust is reliable and respectful. And building trust requires understanding, mutual understanding, um, purposing to understand the other. Uh, trust is safe. Trust is developed in the safety of building. And trust is also developed in the testing of time. I like that acronym so much. Truthful, reliable, understanding, safe, and time-tested. I like it so much that I borrowed it. Yeah. I gave you credit, but I put it in my lecture for <laughs> my it. students because I think it really tells a good picture about what trust is. And when I frame trust, when we're, I'm working with people or with my students, I talk about trust as being a transfer of a responsibility. Mm -hmm. And trust is a reflection of our willingness to transfer some of our responsibilities on someone else, our willingness to be vulnerable, and our perception of the other person's capacity to take on that responsibility. We're essentially sharing or giving away part of our control of some mm -hmm. aspect of our lives, our hearts, our minds, our money, something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's scary. It can be scary. It can be risky. Um, you know, I, you and I both work with people that have had some serious damage to their ability to trust due to breaches with abuse, with trauma, with betrayal. So let's talk a little bit maybe about what trust isn't. Ooh, very important. So um, <laughs> I think as we frame that, um, it's, it is both um, the opposite of trust and, and it's something totally different too. So when we're trusting, we're depending on somebody, but not trusting somebody is more than not being able to depend on them because we cannot know somebody and not trust them, right? It's when we, when there's a lack of trust mm -hmm. or, or broken trust. So trusting is very different than forgiveness. And it's really, it's an important element of relationship, but it is not um, 
the only element. It's not just because I'm in a relationship, I trust. It's not equivalent to either of those things. And there's things that can make trust um, inappropriate or dangerous Mm -hmm. and that we, we label as trust that aren't. So when we build trust too quickly, we are transferring over um, our intimacy, our relationships, our hearts, our money, anything like that too quickly. That's dangerous. And that's not trust. That's not trust. Mm -hmm. When we trust blindly with somebody we don't really know, um, if we don't even know if they're capable of receiving that trust, that's not really trust either. That's placing our expectations on somebody else. Uh, when we are trusting without informing them or them having consent or being informed or being informed. Mm-hmm. So I really believe that it's important for trust, real trust on the important things to be mutual and um, to be reciprocal, but also to be consenting. Somebody has to be willing to accept the trust that I'm placing in them. It has to be voluntary. I can't tell them, Hey, I'm trusting you to take care of my children if they're not willing to do so. Or I'm trusting you to take care of my secrets if they're not willing to do so. Um, and, and I face this in my own work. Um, you know, I do some confidential work with clients, but I tell my clients I am a confidential source legally. Mediation is confidential, except there's some exceptions. I'm also a mandatory mm-hmm. reporter for child and vulnerable populations abuse. And you know what? Even if it wasn't mandatory by law, you'd still report I it. I would still report you'd it. You'd still report child abuse. So I tell yes. people they can't trust me with that secret and expect me to keep it because I'm not going to. I'm not willing to keep that. So that's one of the things inappro- that's inappropriate about trust. Sometimes people are incapable of the trust that we place in them and we're asking them to do something they just can't do whether that's because they're not developmentally ready, they're not mature enough, it's trusting a child with something that's too big for their responsibility, Mm -hmm. or an adult who's broken and still healing, and and we're asking them to do something they're not ready for, um, and trusting people to fill the wrong roles in our lives. And I find this a lot with people who want an individual to fill the roles that only God can fill. Yeah, I think that's really good because you're talking about it in in a context like what trust isn't. Trust isn't demanded. Yes. It isn't, um, it isn't taken. Mm -hmm. I can't take your trust. I can't demand that you trust me. Trust is earned and trust is established. Trust is never owed. It has to be earned. Because trust is a risk, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's dangerous to trust somebody. <laughs> it it's a risk. Scary. It can be. So also trust is conditional. It's application specific. We trust p- different people for different things, different people in our lives with different areas. It doesn't have to be all encompassing. I don't have to trust one person with everything all the time. Now, when we get into covenantial relationships in marriage, uh, we hope that we trust our, our significant partner with all of the significant and important things in our lives. I'm still going to say, though, even in the context of marriage, it's still developed, it's yep. still built, and unfortunately can be torpedoed um, with one betrayal. Oh, yes, it can. <laughs> and trust has limits, and it is easily broken and easily damaged. It's fra- So what you're saying is it's fragile. It is. And it... Um, it takes a lot longer to rebuild trust mm-hmm. than it does to break it. So I think when you ex- examine trust as something that's fragile, what do you do with something that's fragile? 
Well, you have to take care of it. You have to guard it. it. You have to protect it. it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Consider it as something that is valuable and fragile. And we do that both as the recipients of somebody else's trust. We have to take that responsibility seriously if somebody's entrusting us and we have to be willing to really protect it and to guard it. But we do that also with the trust that we give somebody else. We have to be um, intentional about being careful with where we place our trust and acknowledging that it's fragile. And sometimes we have to have a plan for what we're going to do if the trust gets damaged or broken. Mm -hmm. That's significant. I also think about um, when somebody is trusting me uh, and I want to be very honoring Mm -hmm. when I'm given someone's trust. And I also, like you said, I also want to be clear, like that's not my role. You know, if somebody's trying to put me in a role um, that is not appropriate. I think one of the things you were talking about earlier about when trust is inappropriate is making me think about I've I've had so many uh, so many people in my life that actually were put in parentified roles when they were little kids. Mm -hmm. And God bless a little kid that will try to be the parent, a a seven year old that's trying to be a parent to a five year old and a three year old. They'll try. Mm-hmm. but a seven-year-old is a seven-year-old. It's one of the hard things is when we build the wrong expectations. We, if we don't have somebody else that's filling the role and we see an older sibling or a friend or somebody who is willing to help and they're giving it their best, but they just can't meet our expectations. They're not capable of it. Right. And it can create long-term issues that seven-year-old and five-year-old grow up and then in their 30s, they're still trying to to face the disappointments and the things that didn't work out because the seven-year-old was not capable of being a parent. And I think there's two issues in there. One, there's what do we do when trust is broken? And two, what do we do when we didn't even develop the uh, skills to trust, the psychological preparations, because trusting is a a developed uh, skill that we have as as individuals, as humans, and it's developmental in our childhood. It really is. I was, uh, Esther and I were talking earlier, and I was really (laughs) considering, you know, our show is about life in context. So I was considering, um, I came out of a lifetime of drug addiction. So I was a drug addict for about 23 years and came out of it when I was 36. Um, that was 18 years ago, praise God. But when I came out of it, my walls were devastated. I had no ability to trust myself, other people, Uh, I felt like a giant exposed nerve. Everything hurt. Um, I really didn't, I I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't, I really was completely out of my depth. And there's a verse in Isaiah that I ended up writing a song called Storm Battered City, because this verse says, Storm Battered City, troubled and desolate, I will rebuild you. I will rebuild your walls with precious gems and jewels and make your foundations of lapis lazuli. And as I came out of that dark world and I read that verse and God sent me people, God sent me a wonderful, one of my best friends. Um, He sent me this woman that I came to recognize she was a jewel in my wall that God sent to rebuild me. And 
she loved me where I was, how I was for no reason. I had nothing to offer. I literally had stitches in my wrist and was in rehab and she just came for me, loved me. She would pet my, no one had ever pet my hair in my life (laughs) and she would pet my hair and it was so foreign and uncomfortable in a good way, Mm -hmm. foreign, but uncomfortable. But what are you doing? Okay. Keep doing (laughs) And that verse, storm-battered city, troubled and desolate, I will rebuild your walls with precious gems and jewels, really meant to me, I will send you people to help rebuild your devastation. I will send you gems to rebuild your walls. And I realized in those early years that my context for this is he sent me a handful of precious people that helped me trust, taught me how to trust. I think that is so key. Trust is only relevant in relationship. Mm -hmm. It only functions in relationship. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if we come from very broken backgrounds, if we've got trauma, if we've got other things that have built up, we can begin to project. I couldn't trust those people. I can't trust anybody. Can't trust anyone. But trust is like the load bearing walls in our relationships. (laughs) We need it. It's important. And we have to find the right people to trust, people to be, uh, who are willing to be trustworthy. And there are a lot of those people. Now, we can't expect perfection from them. They can't expect it from us. We have to be realistic in what that trust means. But I really, as much as we've kind of set up what trust is and how easily it's broken and damaged, and I, I want to encourage people that we need people in our lives. Absolutely. That can be trusted and that are trustworthy. And I also want to encourage people that even when trust is damaged, trust can be rebuilt. Yes. So I don't know who said it first, but I say it all the time. So whoever said this, God bless you. <laughs> Thank you. But it's uh, if you're wounded in community, you'll only be healed in community. You won't be healed in isolation. So we need humans to help right. us be restored and be healed. And I want to say that woman who ended up leading me to Jesus is still my best friend 18 years later. Um, My pastor at that time still was one of the first men that showed me that all men are not evil and all men are not out to get something from me or hurt me. And he's still, he's, he's, I still consider him my pastor, even though I don't attend that church anymore. That's 18 years of relationship. And and have there been bumps in the road? Relationships are messy. Relationships have bumps. But there has never been a breach in the trust in either of those people in 18 years. Trust has never been breached. I think it's one of the important elements of walking in community as a part of the body of Christ that we offer to each other and that we want to be trustworthy to each other and we want to offer support. And especially in these damaged areas, so many people come to the Lord, to the body of Christ going, I don't know how to trust. And we need each other to teach us how to trust, Mm -hmm. to teach us what trusting looks like, to teach us what uh, trusting and being trustworthy looks like, to teach us how to do things like trust and verify. Um, And and all of those things uh, mixed in with trust is frequently boundaries. And we need each other in that. And it's so important. We cannot build a trusting uh, life in isolation, no. right? And there's a lot of mix with our we how we learn to trust God and learn to trust His people. We don't want to project, 
right? We, I never want to project on an entire group of people. Those people are untrustworthy. Those people are trustworthy because they're Christians or go to that church. I can trust them all because that's not realistic (laughs) because they go to that church or they're not Christians. I can't trust any of them. I want to be careful. I don't want to project and stereotype. And I don't want to connect if an individual is not trustworthy, even if they use the Lord's name, even if they're a believer, that doesn't mean that God's not trustworthy. Well, those are really important things. I I really talk to people a lot about um, inner vows. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people make it, make a vow. I will never trust again. So if I've made a vow, so that's, dangerous. it's very serious. God takes vows serious, seriously. And if I've made a vow, I will never trust again. I've actually set up a wall. Mm-hmm. And now I am the guard of that area of my life until I determine I'm going to break that vow myself and say, I, I will, I'm willing to try to trust again. And I'm, I'm willing to allow God to be the guard of that place. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that it's easy because I definitely am somebody that said, I will not trust anyone ever again. And I recognized that that wall that I had built kept so much out and kept me in. Mm-hmm. I think it's really easy to make those kinds of vows and those kinds of agreements. Um, I often refer to them as, as agreements. Mm-hmm. And usually they're agreements with a message from the enemy. Exactly. They're, they're not really what our heart wants or needs. Well, and, then, and they make huge generalizations. Mm-hmm. Like, they so, do. Well, I don't know, think of anything. One police officer did a horrible thing, and now all police officers are horrible. One government official did a horrible thing, now all government is horrible. One, you pick, one pastor does a horrible thing and just, you know, we now hate the body of Christ. It. It, it we we need to be specific and and um, like you were saying about being wise in relationships and being open eyed not not being over generalizing to a whole population of people because one person did something uh, unsavory. And I think that's one of the things where we can be intentional. So we can evaluate: is this person trustworthy with this responsibility? If I'm sharing sort of my deep innermost secrets, but I know that they are a chatterbox and that they um, tend to be a gossip, then I can evaluate. I can maybe trust them with something else. What you had for dinner last night. Right. (laughs) But I'm not going to trust them with my deep innermost secrets if I don't want them to get out. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to begin to become wise and pay attention um, so that I'm not setting them up or myself up for a fall. And I think that's one of the things that happens when people get their trust broken is they trust the wrong person in the wrong role, or they have expectations that the other person can't meet for one reason or another. But sometimes, Jill, people just blow up the trust wall. Right? <laughs> Torpedo that thing. They do. And sometimes trust is broken and damaged in important relationships, relationships that we don't want to sever, we don't want to end that we feel like if they're going to go on, we're going to have to rebuild trust. Mm-hmm. And I know that you work with people in this situation all the time. All the time. You you talked um, earlier before we were taping or recording about uh, the clearing the rubble when, when the trust wall is torpedoed. Mm-hmm. I describe it as, you know, if, if trust is the load-bearing wall, when it's damaged, the wall just falls down in pieces, big pieces of concrete, brick, whatever, stucco, and it's, it's all there on the ground. And you cannot rebuild it until you clear it away. 
You've got to have that way. You can't rebuild on top of the rubble. Right. You've got to have a clean surface. And the only way to do that is for the party that's damaged to repent and confess and apologize and for the other party to forgive. Mm-hmm. So I just don't see any way to rebuild trust with somebody without forgiving them. Now I can forgive them and that doesn't mean I'm trusting them. Exactly. But if I want to trust them again, I have to forgive them and we have to clear that away. And sometimes what's hard is if you don't have the right tools, the right equipment, you're not experienced, you start rebuilding a wall and it crumbles again. Mm -hmm, Because the rubble wasn't cleared. Right. The rubble wasn't cleared or you didn't use good solid foundation material to rebuild it. Um, it is harder to rebuild trust than to build it at the beginning. Well, I have a couple right now that uh, are going through a very painful process of, of rebuilding. And they're actually talking about, they're talking about it like at this point, the torpedoed wall has actually revealed so much faulty structure that they're really getting into deep places that they needed to get to. I often use the illustration that in Southern California, there's a lot of track homes in neighborhoods that have these like little low walls, you know, they're like stucco walls. Mm -hmm. And um, from the outside, they can look really very beautiful. They've got stucco and decorative brick. But when they fall over, when they're destroyed, you look at, they're just very flimsy. (laughs) They're not very well made. They weren't really meant to support anything. They were literally just decorative, right? Movie sets. Movie sets. Yeah. (laughs) And when you rebuild, now you want that solid brick. You want solid material. You do not want to rebuild flimsy because it's going to be tested way more. It's got to stand up and be stronger than ever before. Yes. And frequently that's why it falls in the first place because you didn't have the right materials. You were just trying to make it shiny on the outside. Uh, But to really build a long-standing support, relationship supportive wall, you've got to have all of the right elements of trust and it can't be demanded. Some people will say, you know what? You forgave me. Mm-hmm. So now I demand you trust me at the same level. It makes it worse. Yeah. It's not how it works. <laughs> makes it worse. Forgiveness doesn't mean trust, but it's interesting. Uh, a person, I can forgive and not trust, mm-hmm. but I can't trust and not forgive. Yeah. They, they absolutely are intrinsic are intrinsic mm-hmm. in, in that process. Also, I think what's really important for people to recognize is that we trust in the small things first. We build it. We don't start with the big, huge things right away. Um, in, in Luke, we read, whoever can be trusted with a little can also be trusted with much. Yes, be faithful in the small things. Mm-hmm. So we want to be um, incremental and honest with that process. We begin with the small things. Sometimes when it's a, a marriage relationship, a covenantial relationship, uh, we have to go back to kind of the dating relationship. The basics, right? go back to the fundamentals. Yes, when you were really going out of your way to be considerate and thoughtful and to put the other person first, uh, you have to start at that space again. You have to be thinking, how are they going to perceive this? How is this going to be received and thought of knowing that there's been some damage and that there's been some trauma in that? And it takes time to repair trust. It does. That's why it's fragile and it requires care. Uh, so when trust is destroyed, mm-hmm. it takes time to establish it again. And with effort, it can be. Beautiful things can happen. I mean, the Bible says he makes beauty from ashes. It, it can be. I, I love to think about uh, Jesus reconciled us to himself and reconciled us to the Father. 
that was that was how he uh, as i think about my life before him that's how he established trust with me as he showed me while you were my enemy i died for you that that verse really helped me start to trust the living god that while i was at my worst mm-hmm. he died for me that helped me start learning to trust my great big jesus I think in my own personal life, I have discovered that the more I trust God, the more free I can be with my trust with other people without feeling this need to control them all the time. You know, sometimes our trust can be manipulative too. I'm trusting you. I want you to to behave in a certain way or to do something. Um, And we can kind of release that as we know that we can trust God at the deepest levels. And we know that even if somebody on earth, some human disappoints us or breaks our, our trust. And they will. And they will, that God does not. Exactly. I think that we want to take people out of that role. We need to remember that role. And not everybody, Jill, is trustworthy. No. Some people don't want to be trustworthy. No. There's that old story. It's I love a, it. a proverb mm-hmm. that the scorpion wants to go across the, the lake. And he asked the turtle, you know, would you give me a ride across the lake on your back? And the turtle says, looks at him and says, well, I'll only do it if you promise not to sting me. Because if you do, we will both drown and die. And the scorpion says, of course not. I want to get on the other side of the lake. And they start swimming and he jumps on the turtle's back, the turtle swims, and then the scorpion stings him. And the turtle, before he he drowns and dies, he looks up and he says, why did you do that? Now we're both going to die. And the scorpion said, it's in my nature. (laughs) Just being me. It's just being me. It's, It's who the scorpion is and what the scorpion does. And I think we have to be honest about that too. If people don't want to function in a way in which they can be trusted. Mm -hmm. If they're not willing to take on that responsibility and to be protective of our trust, then we don't want to keep handing them our fragile things in life. There's a reason that it said, I believe it's in Matthew, that it says, uh, be gentle as doves and wise as serpents. Mm -hmm. That's important. Like there's so much uh, about us learning to be wise. It's It's not mean it's not mean. It's not mean if I determine you're not somebody that I'm going to be in relationship with. I, I'm not going to trust you. That's not mean. That's <laughs> boundaries. Yeah. It's it's not a, not only is it not mean, but it's it's probably kind because now you're not going to be putting with an the expect burden. and putting an mm-hmm. expectation on somebody that, you right. know. And so here's another thing that I think is kind of hard for us sometimes is that we may trust different people with different things at different levels, mm-hmm. right? It's not always the same and at different times in our lives. So when you're in a dating relationship, you might trust somebody a certain level when you're married, the trust hopefully will deepen, right? When you're friends at a certain age, you might trust at a certain level, but now you've separated um, time and distance, you don't see each other as much. You might not trust the person as much. All of that's okay. It does not have to be static or the same. I don't, if I have two very close friends, I don't have to trust them in the same way with the same things. Right. Uh, we get to have those decision-making process. And I always encourage people, you know, spend some time with people who are wise, who are good judges of character, mm-hmm. who have the gift of discernment. And, um, Learn from them too. If you find this to be foreign and hard to figure out, ask them for their counsel and advice. Proverbs, mm-hmm. seek the counsel of many. There's wisdom in the counsel of many. There is. Now, 
obviously you want to get the counsel yes, of the wise, like, like-minded, like-minded believers, <laughs> and and people who you see have have learned from their experiences. Um, I try not to ask for wisdom from people who are going to give me advice and then expect that I have to follow that if they give it to me. Right. But just ask, how do you grow in trust? How do I learn? What are the signs? Because there's always signs and there's always the little things that we have to learn to observe and pay attention. Yeah, we were talking earlier about how do I be trustworthy? Mm-hmm. I think we can look at the acronym in the same way and apply it to ourselves. How do I become truthful? How do I stay reliable and respectful? Mm-hmm. If I want to be trusted and trustworthy, I want to be understanding. I need to be a safe person. And I want to stand the test of time. So we want to apply it back to ourselves. I want to be a safe person for others. I want to be truthful in a, in a loving manner and honoring. Absolutely. It should be reciprocal. Mm-hmm. If we're asking this responsibility of somebody else, we want to be willing to be responsible to them. And I think that's a beautiful part of the reason that relationships can work and mm-hmm. all different kinds of relationships. Uh, so I'm... It's just so impressed with how important trust is, but also how fragile it can be. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm really glad that I have a friend like you, Jill, that I can trust. (laughs) And that we've had an opportunity to share on trust in human relationships today. So good. Many blessings. See you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Life in Context, hosted by Jill Shankles and Esther DeWitt edited and produced by BizVid Communications. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star review and follow us and like us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help. For more information on who we are and what we do, you can follow Jill at jillshankles.com. That's Jill, S-H-A-N-K-L-E-S.com and on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow Esther at peaceprof.com. That's peace, P-R-O-F.com and at PeaceProf on Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm.